So you said you got your first national competitor. That's awesome. I know. Yeah, I'm excited for her. Um, yeah, I was. I was like, was that random? Like she came through, and I was just like, I'm excited to have like start to be getting like competitors. You know. So. Anyway, how are you doing? We're, we're a lot of fun to work with. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm doing good. I got a food bump this week, which was unexpected. Yo, but- so are you in the off season or not? Because I feel like I thought you were prepping for some reason. Am I tripping? No. You're tripping. <laughs> because You're I tripping. feel like you posted no. I no, I will not be competing until this is gonna. Okay, so don't roll your eyes, people. But like. I actually, like, the next time I compete, I want it to be very fucking obvious that I am not here to fuck around. I wanted to step on, like, I want it to be a true novice. You step it on, and you're like, oh, shit, this girl did not come to play. Like, I want it to be that obvious that, like, I want to do, like, you know, open figure, win mm-hmm. my class, win an overall, probably win another overall, and go to nationals type of deal. Like, I'm just not here to fuck around because it's so expensive to do for one. And two, it's mm-hmm. expensive metabolically, spiritually, physically. Like, it's just expensive to do it. Yeah. So, I like, love that. I love oh, yeah. that you said that earlier this week, how you posted about, like, the sacrifice that it takes. And it's like, it. you better make it worth it. Like, if you're going to sacrifice that much of just you, like – it better be worth your time. You know, you're like, you're not gonna, for me, like, that's what, that's one of the big reasons why I was like, I need to step back from a show this year is because I was like, this needs to be worth my time. Like, I'm not just gonna go just because I feel like trying a show. Like, I don't know, like, I would never be okay with getting ready for a show, sacrificing that much, sacrificing my social life, sacrificing time and effort and hormones and other things I could be doing, like make like creating relationships with others. And because those are things that really matter to me, obviously, like I talk about that a lot because it matters to me. And knowing that when I'm in a prep phase, like I kind of can't do that. Okay, well, this needs to be worth it for me. And I would never do something that's not 100% of me. Like I would never do it. Like I would never do anything. And it's not 100%. Um, So I mean, especially when it comes to bodybuilding, like I do not think I really don't think you should do a show and just try it out. Like, I think that you you have to have an idea of, like, where you want to go with it. Um, and especially if you've done it before. Like, if you've done it before, like, your goal should be to get better every time. And that's what we're trying to say here t- is that, like, I'm not getting on stage until it's like, oh, she's she's about her business and there's no way that she's not taking – some type of hardware type of thing because she worked for it. Right. And so, and that's what you have to understand how difficult it is. Like, um, like some of my friends that aren't into bodybuilding don't understand it. So when I'm in prep, like they don't, I tell them, I'm like, you're not going to hear from me. Like you will not hear from me. Not because I don't want to interact with you, but because I literally don't have the time. I don't have the time. I don't have the energy and I'm not going to give you me half ass and I'm not going to give this prep half ass so I have to remove myself and they they don't understand because they don't understand how hard it is but it's so difficult um to not not the prep itself but to mediate like everything else it's not the prep that's hard it's everything else that comes with it like so because to me like I don't I don't think prepping is much different from your off season um, it's just your food is lower and you're doing cardio, but it's all the other things and all the other stressors that you have to mediate that gets difficult, especially when you get close to the show. hundred so. percent. And, you know, I'm deep in my off season. Like I'll be almost two years in my off season. And like Mark tells me we need another three years. Fine. Fine. Let's do mm-hmm. it. Let's go. Like. I don't know what my end goal is. I don't know if I want to stay in figure the rest of my life. I don't know if I had the genetic potential to go into physique because um, I crush hard on Ashley Jones, Justin Mahaley's client mm-hmm. that grew into physique. I crush on her physique hard. And I think physique is a beautiful, beautiful division. It's full 
full, it's muscular, it's powerful, mm -hmm. and it is just so beautiful to me that if I have the potential to get that big, I would love to try to. Um, but mm -hmm. then obviously there's a line of like, well, how far are you willing to go? Which is kind of a separate issue. But like, I just want to put on size right now. I want to put on mm -hmm. size. I want to see what happens when I give a hundred percent of myself to bodybuilding because my first prep was not like that whatsoever. Like I prepped, it was easy for me because like, you know, I had been so deeply anorexic that I was like anything over 500 calories is a lot of food. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. so like, mm -hmm. you know, wasn't hard but it was just it was the fact that I wasn't all in so the fact that now I'm all in with bodybuilding I am in my off season eating 27 to 3,000 calories a day depending upon um you know 2,700 to 3,000 depending upon you know if it's a training day or a rest day like mm -hmm. I'm all in like I bring my meals to special occasions just because like it's important to me. It's important to me to eat my meals while, you know, at a function because like, I know it digests well. I know it tastes good. I know it's good for me. Like, mm -hmm. It doesn't bother me whatsoever. If it bothers other people, I mean, that's on them. Like, I'm sorry they let my actions make them feel a certain way. Like, that's on them at that point. Yeah. But for me, like, it's just so much fun to take care of me. Mm -hmm. Like, I get high yeah. off this shit because it's just so much fun to take care of me. Yeah, I remember I was at Mark's last year when I went to visit and I remember telling him like I don't understand why people make it a big deal um to to take like food or to only want to stick to your food. I don't understand it because it's like so minuscule. It's so like really nothing to do with you. Like <laughs> it's something that I like to do for myself. So why is it like, like you said, like, if it bothers people, I don't care. Like, that's literally the mindset you have to have is that like, you just it, it you value it so much. And you have to think it's fun too. like it has to be something that you view as fun, like to stick to your own food and to know that the food is doing something for you, for the goal that you have. Um, and so those like, are all awesome points, like I just, especially like when you're in the monotonous off season, like, it's like, why? Like, why? Why bring your food? Like, you don't have to, right? Um, You're right. I don't have to. It's just, it's easier to track. It's, I know. Exactly. You know exactly like, what you're eating. Like, yeah, and the, no like, boring. I and remember, like, now we're getting off into a different subject, but we'll, <laughs> we'll get back to what we were supposed to talk about. But, um, I mean, like, I've had people ask, like, isn't it like, aren't you in the off season? And it's like, yeah, but off season is not off. Like, hmm. off-season is very much on. Like, off-season is very much like you are even more intentful about progressing your weights and progressing your physique. And um, it's not that much different than being in a prep. Like, when you're in a full-blown off-season, it's really not that much different. And it's just as hard to get food in as it is to not eat. Like, to get hmm. food in the way you need to is so annoying. Like, I hate, like, I hate, it would, it's kind of like, oh, you get to eat all this food. That's awesome. And it's like, I don't get to eat all the food that you get to eat. Like, I don't, I don't eat all the food, like pizza every single day. That'd be nice. Like, but it's, it's not like that. Um, it's certain types of food. It's a lot of it. And it's annoying. And you're constantly full. And if you're not okay with being full all the time, um, you need to do a different sport because that's what this is like so exactly and it's like it's no longer when you're in your off season it's no longer oh i'm hungry i need to eat a meal it's like oh it's been three hours i need to eat a meal yeah. it's like you don't go off hunger cues anymore you go up the, the clock essentially i don't remember the last time i went off of a hunger cue yo like i don't ever go off hunger cues anymore if i'm in prep i'm hungry and i'll just wait till my next meal if i'm in off season i'm fucking full well fuck it i guess i'm just gonna keep eating my meals like, exactly. I don't remember the last time I was like, I'm hungry. I'm going to go eat some pancakes. Like, I've, I haven't done that in years. Like, it's all about, like, meal timing and all of that, which is, it's, I guess it's cool. But I, now that I think back, I, I don't think I've done that in a very long time. I think bodybuilding kind of, like, has trained me to not even, I, I ignore it. I ignore it all. I'm just like, oh, whatever. Hey, guys, it's just time to eat when it's time to eat. So. Exactly. Exactly. But no, All off, right. off season is, I don't, I don't like the term off season. I like improvement season because the whole point of it is 
to create the right conditions to build that muscle, right? That's like the whole point of it. And you believe you need to take it seriously because if you're not taking it seriously, you know, then you're going to look the exact same, if not worse, the next time you try to shred down for a show. Absolutely. It's bodybuilding. That's the sport. Not Mm -hmm. body cardioing, not body dieting, building. You got to build up that physique. Right. So today we're going to be talking, great segue, great segue, Ash. Like today we're going to be talking about, are you creating the right conditions for building muscle? Um, And we're going to talk about a few points that you definitely need to consider when you are trying to get this muscular or lean look that I hear a lot of you say, a lot of women say, I'd like this lean look. Um, I'd like to get leaner. Um, And we're going to talk to you about the conditions that are necessary to be able to achieve a leaner physique, a more muscular physique. Um, Because there's a lot that has to happen as far as adaptation in the body. And you have to remember that when you're building muscle, your body doesn't really necessarily like to do that. Um, Because you have to constantly adapt. You're in bodybuilding and muscle building, you're constantly adapting to stimulus. It's this constant adaptation. Um, so you break down the muscle, you recover, you adapt, and then you keep going. Same thing with eating your food. You adapt to your intake. Eventually, you need to bump up your intake. Or if you're in a fat loss phase, you have to bring it down depending on the phase you're at. It's the same thing. So basically, in bodybuilding, what you're doing is you're you're moving through those adaptations. Um, and the way that you're adapting also to daily stressors comes into play as well. So this constant adaptation is what's happening here. And, you know, you have different types of adaptation too. It's not just the physical, it's also, you know, the neural adaptations, which, you know, those are going to occur before those physical adaptations happen, you know, so it's going to be getting, you know, we're constantly always talking about muscle activation and getting that mind muscle connection, right? Well, like we're talking about your brain actually connecting with your muscles. We're talking about those neural synapses where you are able to get that, you know, motor complex to be active the way you want it to be active, right? Because it all starts down at the smallest little like myofibril goes from there so it's not even just about the physical it's also about the neural adaptations that happens in the body which you know if you ever are first starting out and i mean us lifters who are really experienced we probably don't even remember this but the first time you wanted to do like a bench press your arms were like linguine noodles like you had you could not for the life of you keep that bar straight it was like all loosey-goosey right well your brain was like yo what are we doing like i have no idea how to even you know, make this movement pattern fluid yet. Like it was probably really choppy. It was shaky all over the place. Well, your brain and your muscles, they were not, they were not on the same level yet. They were not understanding what you were wanting to do, which is why you have to be consistent. You have to show up and you have to practice because you're not going to go from day one, never picking up a dumbbell. And then the next week picking up a 50 pound dumbbell and having like the most perfect mind muscle connection there is like it takes time to develop right and i mean before you before your body does anything it has to adapt in the neural realm before it can adapt physically this includes in training so like like ashley's saying like when you first start it's it's kind of like hell it's kind of like this does not feel good why would you want to do this type of thing um and I think what people get put off by beca- like the beginnings of trying to adapt mentally, emotionally, uh, neuro-wise, physically, everything is very uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable. And people, a lot of times, like during this adaptation phase will stop because they're like, it's so uncomfortable, I can't do this. Um, but really, like you just need to allow yourself some time. Um, and especially in, in younger lifters, they they have to adapt early before they can adapt physically, strength-wise, hypertrophy-wise. So in order, it goes neural adaptation, very uncomfortable, but quick, fast. You notice, like, you progress quickly. Um, you'll get, you'll gain strength quickly, so next comes strength. Um, and it, that could take a couple weeks, few months, gaining strength, having a strength phase, building neural adaptations in the body. And when we say neural adaptations, I probably should define this. We mean at the cellular level. 
Um, so this means your mind muscle connection, as Ashley was saying, um, you have to create that before you can build strength. Okay. And then once we build strength, that's when hypertrophy starts to happen. And hypertrophy means to build muscle, to make those muscle cells larger or to, um, increase cell count. There's a different, there's a few different ways that you can do it, um, or that the body does it. So, um, there's a, there's a few things that we want to hit on when it comes to these adaptations. So the first thing is going to be, we're going to talk about recovery and sleep. So we're going to go, um, it's somewhat in order, I think, from, I want to say, like, most important are things that you really need to think about before you start getting into other stuff. I would say, like, take this with a grain of salt. Like, you can do it in any order you want. I ordered this, like, based on what like the base right so if we think like of maslow's hierarchy of needs you need like sleep and you need nutrition and then if you have that you can train etc cetera, etc cetera. so we're going to go in that type of order um and you can take it with a grain of salt and do it how you want to but these are very important things that you want to think about um as we go through this so the first one we have is sleep so why sleep ashley why is this first? We just, in order to sleep, like in, in order to build that muscle, you have to sleep because you have to understand that like before we can even talk about like training intensity, close to failure, stuff like that. You have to understand that when you train, you are not growing during that session, right? Like you are doing the opposite. Mm -hmm. You are literally in a catabolic state. You are tearing down those shreds of muscle fibers in order to make them repair when we have proper nutrition more importantly also proper sleep like we repair when we are in you know when we are sleeping at night so it's learning to create those right conditions to make sure that our body is sleep is asleep it's not stressed it can do all the things that it needs to do kind of like it's good housekeeping at night so we're also thinking about you know, going through all of our hormones and some hormones are going to be on a circadian rhythm. So it's making sure that those hormones are in the right ebbs and flows at the right time of day to ensure that you can just function as a human being. Because as Britt alluded to earlier, like your body doesn't want to build muscle. So we have to make sure that the body is physiologically and psychologically in a good spot where it will allow you to do that. Yes. Um, and I mean, sleeping seven to nine hours is usually a good point, starting point, like of just recommended time. It's really crucial, especially if you're looking to change body composition, increase mass, um, increase muscle mass. Sleep enhances muscle recovery through protein synthesis and the release of human growth hormone. Um, so this helps tremendously with your <laughs> adaptations after training. Um, there are going to be times where you need more sleep after certain training sessions. So like for me, I need to, I need to make sure I sleep a lot or at least very, very good quality sleep before and after leg days. Um, those are very stressful times. So we're going to like, I mean, we're going to try and go slow as far as how we're mediating stress, right? So sleep helps mediate stress. All right. We're going to talk about stress later, but Adequate sleep helps you recover by mediating stress in the body um, because a, the body does a lot during its time, timing and sleep. It's th it sorts out memories. Um, it sorts, it's a time where it rejuvenates and, and releases growth hormone, helps release of testosterone in the morning. Um, it's really important for cell growth. Um, when we talk about the quality versus the quantity of sleep, so, you know, I recommend, I'm saying like seven to nine hours is, just, is something that you want to shoot for, right? But you want to make sure that your sleep is quality and that you're actually sleeping. And there's, remember that there's different cycles in, in sleep and we won't, we won't need to go through that today. Um, but there's certain cycles that you need so that you can recover, particularly REM sleep. Um, you need to make sure that you're in, REM sleep and in deep sleep um, so that you are recovering properly. Um, so sometimes like people don't realize that they might be sleeping for 10 hours, but they're not getting good sleep. And I was one of those people. So I used to, I've expressed on this podcast, like I used to smoke weed every day all the time and it was affecting my sleep quality. I didn't know that it was. Um, 
And then I stopped. I stopped also ingesting caffeine as well. And now I can fall asleep into a deep sleep very quickly and almost like a meditative mode in a way. Um, and my blood glucose levels are super low now. Like, I mean, super low, like lowest they've ever been, like 79 milligrams per deciliter. Now, usually my blood glucose levels would be a lot higher. They're normally in between like the 95 and the 115 area. My family's predisposed to type 2 diabetes. So, yeah, I'm already pre I'm predisposed to it. Um, so I have to mediate my stress differently. I have to pull out caffeine. I cannot do some of the things that I used to enjoy as much because it's affecting my sleep to the point where my metabolism is not um, partitioning the way that I need it to. So. You right. have anything? And it's just important to, to remember to set that sleep tone, right? So like, yeah. our, how do we get good quality sleep? Well, as humans, we sleep better when our bedroom is cooler, cool, dark, quiet, you know? Like you almost have to treat it as if you were back in your baby and infancy stages. It's like, well, what did your parents do to make you fall asleep as a baby? Well, it was cold, quiet, you know, same thing into your adult stages. Mm -hmm. You know, as Britt was talking about, making sure that you're cutting off stimulants at an appropriate time, you know, making sure that you have a good and consistent wind down routine is going to be really important as well. So whether that's getting off, you know, your phone, emails, whatever, at a specific time, if you can't, for whatever reason, in investing in good blue light blocking glasses, you know, whatever it is to make sure that the light that our eyes are absorbing is just a low emission light. So that way your body are, are able to regulate with clock proteins, essentially making sure that that melatonin can be released and released um, correctly. And so that way cortisol gets suppressed because the last thing that you want is a huge cortisol spike right before you try to go to bed, because if that happens, you're going to be SOL. Like it's going to be mm -hmm. one of those nights where like you're wide awake. It's like 12 in the morning and you're like wired. And that's like yeah. one of the worst places that you can be mentally because then emotionally you're going to be a mess, not only during that time, but then most likely the next day too. Yes. Like I, I have a Guinea pig. This is random. I have a Guinea pig. Um, and sometimes at night he gets excited and he runs around the cage and I'm just, his name is Marlo. And the other night, after, actually the past couple of nights, he's getting, he's gotten excited and ran out, started running around the cage and it wakes me up. Like it wakes me up like, and I'm in a panic because I hear like all of a sudden this like booming noise of him just <laughs> running around his cage. And I get so irritated with him, but he's, he doesn't know. He's just a guinea pig. And um, so I have to move his cage. Um, but after I, I've done it a couple of times and notice my cortisol is so high from being jumped up like that, that it takes me about, it takes me another like 45 minutes to try and get wound down again. It takes just that. It takes just a guinea pig running around, squeaking, doing whatever he's doing for me to, for my cortisol to spike up to the point where it takes me that long to sleep. And of course, like as a bodybuilder, I'm thinking like, damn, I only have seven more hours of sleep. I need to go to sleep. But you can't, cannot think like that. You just have to, it is what it is. Like you have to like just try to get what you can and don't stress out about it and don't fuck up your routine in the process. Like still wake up at the same time. All right. That's going to be less stressful than you trying to push back. Um, trust me. Like I've done it. Like I've, I've tried to like oversleep because I, I didn't have enough like in bedtime, don't do that. Just try to find a routine. So like go to sleep at the same time, wake up at the same time, about the same time. Um, and don't try to overcompensate and don't stress out if it doesn't happen. Just move on and get with it the next day. Um, I think something that I do want to touch on before we move on is your body. It, like I've heard um, that if you, if you lose sleep, you can catch up on sleep. You cannot do that. It's not how the body works. Because at the end of the day, the stress load that you've already experienced because of the lack of sleep has already happened. Like, so you can't sleep more and then think that that stress load is going to be gone because you've already experienced it, if that makes sense. Like, so the best thing to do is not to think I'm going to get less sleep today, so I'm going to get more sleep tomorrow. 
it's to think that it needs to be very consistent. Hmm. All right. Next. And if you want more sleep tips, we have episode two where we kind of dive more into like our own like emotional sleep. Yes. Um, yeah. kind of experiences. But the next thing that is super important to understand is having proper nutrition when it comes to building those proper conditions for muscle protein synthesis. Yes. It not only matters about the calories in terms of how much, but the quality, it mm-hmm. matters in terms of the ratio of protein, carbs, and fat. Like it all matters. And so I see these posts of people being like, oh, well, this matters more than this. It all matters. It doesn't fucking matter. It's a competition. It doesn't need to be a competition. It mm-hmm. all matters. So yeah. you need the calories for energy to be in that anabolic state. You need to make sure you have enough because if you are growing, you need to make sure that you are fueling your body with enough calories to do so mm-hmm. to make sure that your protein is high enough because protein gets broken down into amino acids, which are kind of like the, the building blocks. And those amino acids help to contribute to muscle protein synthesis. You also mm-hmm. cannot neglect the amount of carbohydrates that your body needs as fuel, you know, for your training sessions um, and other, you know, other just functional things that you need to be a functional human being, but then also making sure that you get adequate fat calories because fat calories yeah. and also, you know, cholesterol as well are important in synthesizing sex hormones and and also testosterone which as Britt alluded to earlier that is a very important hormone in both males and females for protein synthesis so it all matters it all does right and again we're talking we're talking through like how to adapt right so like how do you adapt to your training stimulus to your stress stimulus um nutrition is like (laughs) It Ashley's right. It's not like we're putting this in a hierarchy, right? Like as far as like this matters, nutrition matters more, training matters more, drugs matter more. It doesn't matter. You can't do really one without the other and they all work in a synergistic fashion. Um, so when it comes to nutrition, you have to, I like to, I want to emphasize like you have to be eating enough. Like this isn't like we're going to do like 1200, 1200 calories, 1400 calories. You gotta be shitting me, like <laughs> for 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 your diet. Um, you are not growing. I promise. Like you have to eat food. Now, can you just shoot up to super high calories? No. Um, there's a way that like you can uh, again adapt into higher calories to get you in this optimal phase of growth, because there is an optimal phase of growth, and it happens. It just just in between the this dieting phase and a very high calorie like uh, growth phase where we want our body fats to be okay, but we want it to be enough to where we're able to put on size and able to adapt to stress, right? Because we need body fat to be able to do that. So yes, you do need to eat. Yes, you do need to put on body fat. Yes, if that's what you want we to grow, we need to have calories. We need to be able to partition the calories. We need to be able to use the calories. So we want to put an emphasis on high protein and high carb because those are the main macronutrients that are going to drive that. Um, Fats are really good for hormone health. Um, As bodybuilders, we tend to place a lot of emphasis on protein and carbs, though. Um, So just make sure that you're, you're very aware of that. And the reason why is because Protein and carb, okay, so four calories per gram based on those two macronutrients. Fats are nine calories per gram. Not only do our carbs are like the essential like factor as far as like your your energy for yourselves when you're training, um, but you want to get the most calories you can out of the, the, the macronutrients that are going to help you build muscle. So like we don't want to exchange too much for too high calories, like a lot of fatty foods. Um, So that's why it tends to be it tends to be in a bodybuilder diet, generally lower fat. Generally, I'm not saying this is for everyone, but generally that's usually what happens unless you are like needing super high calories to grow. Um, Then you might dip into fats a little bit more. 
but you definitely want to to emphasize protein. And I think a lot of people with the, when it comes to protein, people are misled by like kidney health and um, stuff like that. And I want to let you know it's okay. I want to let you know you can be on a <laughs> You can't. Just, you, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Like you can be on a high protein <laughs> diet, um, and it's it's gonna be okay, <laughs> and it's not going to hurt you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, there are studies that show that high protein diets are not going to kill you, um, and that there are lots of other things that you should be worried about that are going to kill you, like alcohol, like um, other things that you don't. I, I don't know. It's so funny when people are like, "Well, what should I eat this or that?" And then they don't want to talk about like how they got how they binge drink like three nights before all in a row. Like I, I just make sure like in regards to nutrition, since we're talking about that, like just be very aware of like your own biases towards what you like. Like because sometimes it's not about what you like when it comes to nutrition and bodybuilding. Um, it's about the result that's going to happen. And yes, like we want you to adhere, but just be mindful about what you say, please. Like sometimes like, oh man, I'll get the funniest questions about nutrition and things that cause cancer or um, like artificial sweeteners versus like the diet soda. (laughs) Yeah. Diet soda. And it's like, are you thinking? Because I just saw in your story yesterday that you did a lot more than what diet soda would do. So (laughs) anyway, just, just be mindful. All right. The next. The quality of like the food matters too, like the whole foods, right? Like, you know, I saw a post the other day about, you know, showing a hundred grams of protein different ways. And it was like, you know, processed like foods, like, you know, certain protein bars, like a one protein bar, quest protein bars, all that like protein food versus like Mm -hmm. having a omnivorous diet that's like chicken eggs turkey stuff like that and then you know a vegan vegetarian diet which is like you know we have tofu tempa seitan which is like the vital wheat gluten stuff like protein quality matters too in terms of digestibility and absorption so like mm-hmm. obviously like you know a, a chicken breast is going to be or like even like a whey protein is going to be better for absorption than something like a soy protein isolate like it just is we have the research to prove it but if you do decide to do a vegetarian vegan diet that's fine that's totally fine you just want to make sure that the type of protein you're ingesting especially around your training sessions is the most bioavailable and that's going to be the soy isolate and then also like a pea isolate if you happen to be like soy intolerant or something like that so like the type of protein matters the type of foods you're putting into your body matters like we want that whole foods. We want those micronutrients because yes, the macros are super important, but they're just as important as the micronutrients as well. Absolutely. Um, definitely. You hit the nail, the nail on the head. Is that how you say it? <laughs> you hit the I nail on the head. You, I, you, just, you hit it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So definitely we want to, we want an emphasis on whole foods. Um, they're more calorically expensive. They keep you satiated. Um, and overall, like, it's not, you're right, it's not just about the calories or the macros. It's about, like, what types of foods. We won't get too into that. Like, all of these things we could do a whole episode on. Um, mm-hmm. But we're just giving you little tidbits here and there. So next is, next is going to be training. So training for hypertrophy. Um, again, what, how we were talking about earlier about this neural adaptation um, when it comes to your training, how that happens first. So... When it comes to training for hypertrophy, there is a a rep range like that is recommended for that, um, and that's usually anywhere between like eight to twelve reps. Um, when you first start, like usually you want to have like set reps and just getting used to uh, training in general. But when you get more advanced, you might have to get really intricate um, as far as like progress using progressive overload. Um, and being very intentional about your training when it comes to like the intensity of your training, when you are building muscle, it needs to be very intense, like close to failure, if not failing. Um, 
for your most optimal gains. Now, are there a million ways to do it? Absolutely. But if we're talking about being optimal, we need to train close to failure and very intent intensely. And that's because that is the sure way that we can, like we're talking about, adapt to the stimulus that we're talking about. If you don't keep track of your, of your weights um, and you're not every single day progressively overloading them in a failure fashion, um, you're not adapting optimally. You're not adapting the way you're kind of moving slower than what you need to, and you're kind of doing work that is not going to benefit you as much as it would in the end if you were being impactful and training to failure. Now, exactly. when you're the magnitude of these adaptations are all dependent on the type of exercise, the intensity of the exercise, the frequency, and the duration. Um, so all of these things you can progress. You You don't just have to like, Think about weight when it comes to progression. Um, you can think about your timing and your tempo of your reps, your form. Um, you can you can think do a lot of stuff here. Um, but the idea that I want you to take away from this is that you need to be training close to failure or failing. And failing is not just oh I'm tired now I'm gonna stop. It's much it's it's so much further past that. It's it's. It's a mental game um, to get you through. You have to remember that you're trying to get better every single week or not, if not every week, every few weeks, whatever your cycle is. Um, and it needs to be intentful. Otherwise, you're kind of wasting your time. Like there's a stimulus threshold that you need to hit weekly. There just is for hypertrophic gains. Like it's not just about, like Brett said, the weight, like, if you are having a better activation because you found a better movement pattern that fits your biomechanics better, that's a win for that exercise. You know, it's not just about weight and it's not just about like, you know, the reps that you do. It's always about the quality as well. So like maybe you're just in a little bit of a rut where, you know, mm -hmm. the past week or so, maybe two weeks, you know, you haven't necessarily been, you know, either adding weight or adding as many reps as maybe you'd like to be but the activation is there, you're getting better pumps, you feel that muscle like actually burning as it should be, you know, that's still a win in my book as a coach because you could, there's a difference between, you know, like pressing up 50 pounds and having crap activation, crap mechanics, crap movement versus maybe taking it down to 35 and actually feeling like the delt being active. So mm -hmm. always gonna be context for that training, but it still needs to be close to, if not at failure. Like you have to meet that mm -hmm. stimulus hold weekly in order to progress. Mm -hmm. And also you have to understand that like volume training in terms of like adding on an extra set or an extra exercise beyond what you're mm -hmm. programmed for is not gonna make you grow muscle quicker. In fact, it could be Absolutely. actually taking away from your ability Absolutely. to recover you know, so more is not better. And that applies to really all the things that we're talking about. So that would actually apply to nutrition. And then you could be going to get extra fat gain and that's going to, you know, worsen insulin sensitivity, you know, with the sweet sleep, like sleeping 10 hours, that is crap. That's not good either. So again, like always understand that like you need to be intentful with everything that you're doing. All of these things that we're talking about needs to have the right intent behind them for you to be successful. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah, you, yeah, again, you hit it right on the head. Um, when it, and it just, just a reminder that like, you need a failure. You have to get used to it. Um, it's not something that is for everyone. Um, but it is definitely like what you need to uh, just a lot of times, honestly, people just aren't training hard enough. I'm about to go on a tangent. Um, people are not training hard enough. You are not like if you are listening to this right now, I want you to hear me. You are not training hard enough in the gym. I want you to <laughs> like you are not. I promise you, if you think you're training hard, you're not training hard because I don't even think I'm training hard and I train fucking hard. Like I, I don't think I've ever had. Anyone, I just had an athlete come work out with me yesterday and he was like, what the fuck? Like, 
<laughs> he was like, wow. Um, yeah, I don't train hard enough. Because um, the, the, the mental anguish that happens, like, during, you, you have to get past it. And you have to be taught how to train to failure. Um, Mark taught me how to train to failure. Um, it didn't take very long. I just watched him. Um, but I knew that what I was doing wasn't working. I was like, it was in bikini, I remember. And I was just doing not like light reps, but I was definitely wasn't training to failure. And I remember thinking like, oh, I'm doing what the pros are doing. You know, you see a lot of like the pros, like they don't, they, a lot of bikini pros, at least we're talking about bikini pros. Um, they don't, some of them don't really like have that style of training anymore, but you have to understand they already have the muscle don't need to get any bigger um so yeah they can do like booty bands and like yeah they can do little fun like um glute glute pulls and things like that and do reps of like 20 and and not go to failure because they already have the muscle there um but when you're trying to build muscle yes you need to be close to failure absolutely um and more is not always better so like had my athlete yesterday um i he we were doing had we had a really intense session and more intense than he what he's used to so one of his warm-up sets i brought it down i brought i brought it down to eight instead of like the 15 to 20 that i have for him um and he the next set was going to do uh 30 reps because he was used to doing like 20 for a warm-up like on one of his other sets, like when he's not with me. And I told him, I said, you have volume when you're not with me because no, you're not training hard enough. So I'm giving you volume because that's what you need to warm up. Um, right now you are, I was like, you're burnt, aren't you? You're, you're fucked. And he was like, yes, I'm tired. I was like, so why would you do 30 reps? Hmm. And he was like, oh, you know, like, and I was like, exactly. Like, we don't need to do all that. We don't need to add more. Um, we, we need to make sure that we're very stimulated and we are clearly stimulated right now. So we don't need to go in there. We don't even honestly need to do another warm up set, but you can, if you'd like to. Um, and so that's another, like, that's kind of something we, we want to remember to do auto-regulate a little bit if you're training. Um, but do not add in more sets because that doesn't mean that it's going to give you more gains. What you need to do is progress from each week, week to week. Um, based on what you have. And that's that. Um, I think a lot of times people, when it comes to training for hypertrophy, they're just kind of like, that's it. It's like, well, yeah, that's it. If you're doing, if you're doing exactly what you need to do and progressing your weights, yes, that's it. But it shouldn't feel like that. It should be like, I don't want to do another set. I'm sorry. (laughs) So Exactly, exactly. But the main takeaway for training session, there's a difference between mental failure and mechanical failure. So you need to make sure you're reaching mechanical failure, not just mentally tapping out. Because I guarantee you, your brain's going to tap out, depending upon like how much pain you can tolerate, probably a good you know, seven to five reps is going to start tapping out before your body's ready to tap out. So don't be afraid to Sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm at five reps. I'm only at five reps. Like, and I'm like already like mentally like, woo, I'm, I'm like done. But my, my body keeps going, right? And so that's what matters. Um, of course, we don't want to injure ourselves, but it takes some time to understand and learn. Um, but it is very optimal to be getting close to failure. Um, all right, so next is stress management. So we're going to talk about like, idea that more is not better again okay um so when it comes to stress management we want to think about of course sleep we want to think about our daily stressors um and what is like if you could imagine like a cup like of all of your daily stressors and you're filling up this cup um there's a point where it tips and if there's your liquid like kind of falls out we don't want this overflow to happen, okay? Um, so we want to be managing our, what we call like drains and charges during this time and doing things like, of course, we're, this is the thing is that I think people try to avoid stress um, or they try to like take away stress from their life. And that's not 
feasible. It's not going to happen. I'm I'm not sorry. It's just parts of life. You wake up and you're stressed. You wake up and your cortisol shoots up so that you can wake up. That's stress. You go train. That's stress. You go to work. That's stress. You do cardio. That's stress. All of it's stress. Um, so you have to figure out ways to mediate like as your cortisol patterns go up and down throughout the day, doing things that make you f- feel comfortable. Um, but it's also not about how you're feeling. I think that people don't understand that either. I think people associate stress with just emotional stress and only emotional stress. And stress is so much more than just your emotions. Yes, your emotions are part of it. Um, but stress is so much more than that. So. Exactly. That's why it's called stress stress management, not stress mitigation. Although you need to do both. You can't mitigate all the stress in your life. It's literally impossible. That's why you need to manage it. So you also have to manage your perceptions of stress and learn to control that and learn to learn to practice things like meditation, deep breathing, you know, taking a pause if something stressful happens. Because more often than not, you can experience a stress. What exacerbates a stress is how you perceive it. So you're stopped at a stoplight, traffic really bad. Well, guess what? Yes. You're the fucking traffic. But if you continue to be an asshole in traffic, you are only hurting yourself. You're not making your car go any you're- faster than the side of you. You need to take a chill pill, get your deep breathing. Britt, I'm talking to you. <laughs> like, and like, just take a chill pill. Like, this would be a good time to focus on box breathing. You're stuck in traffic. You're not doing anything else. Don't be that fucker that's on his phone. Just... Be, have a second to yourself. Like when is the last time you had a second to yourself? I mean, to yourself, not scrolling through Instagram, not on TikTok, not on Snapchat, not hitting up little shawty. Like when is the last time you had a second for yourself? Like take those seconds. They are so precious. Yeah. Like, I mean, even that's a good point too. Like you said, scrolling on your phone, like that is stress. Sorry. Like that's stress. You're, you're being stimulated. Um, and I think that, like, have you ever noticed that sometimes I feel this way? If I'm not on something or doing something, I start kind of freaking out inside. Because why? Because I'm not used to not being stimulated. A lot of us are addicted to stress um, because we're, we are not okay with facing and feel literally feeling like the way, we're, like, we're, we're not okay with facing our own feelings um, so we tend to try to distract ourselves, um, all the time. Um, and that includes like watching TV that includes scrolling on your phone that includes not being able to, to be in silence or take time for yourself or being able to get into a meditative state. Um, and that's because we're constantly stimulated and it's really hard to not be stimulated when you're constantly stimulated. Um, so just keep that in mind is that like the little, the smallest things, like there's a difference between perceived stress and, um, stress in general, like you can feel stress without you can, your body feels stress without you having to perceive it in your mind. And so you, you need to remember that. Um, so when I ask someone like, are they stressed? A lot of times they'll say, well, no, I don't think so. Um, but then I ask them. You know, what do your blood glucose levels look like? Oh, they're like 120s. You're stressed. You're very stressed. Like, <laughs> or uh, how's your sleep at night? Oh, I get like five hours of sleep. Why? I just like, I just can't sleep. You're stressed. Or you don't feel like you are going through an emotional, crazy, like, ride, but you're stressed somehow. And you, we, you need to figure out how we can mediate that. So if that means, like, getting off your phone, if that means, like, uh, taking walks during the day, if that means doing some yoga, doing that, like taking what you want to do is take yourself away from stimulus. Um, if that means taking out caffeine for a few days out the week, it doesn't mean you need to pull it all out, but maybe you need to lower it. That might be something. Um, anything that just disrupts your your natural pattern of just being you is stress. So you need to you need to learn how to moderate that when it comes to Muscle building because cortisol um, creates catab- a catabolic state in the body. Um, so we are una- we're not able to handle the stresses of training as well when we are systemically stressed in life. Okay, 
going to be a lot harder for you to gain muscle if you are systemically stressed in life. Absolutely. Harder last to gain thing, muscle, easier. <laughs> yes. Um, last thing is going to be hydration. And I added this in here because I was just like, I think people really underestimate this one. Um, you need, you need electrolytes, um, hydrate, like sodium, potassium, you need water to be able, we were talking about neural function of cells to be able to get your cells to fire when you train. Okay. And to be able to, to initiate recovery as well. All right. So hydration for performance and overall systemic function is crucial. So you need to prioritize that during the day. Um, a lot of times people have a hard time with this, sometimes because they're not used to just drinking water um, or they don't like that feeling of feeling like, oh, I have water in me all the time. Or if you're just starting to understand like hydration and just starting to like maybe increase your water intake during the day, um, start small. So start like, I'm going to start with like 60 ounces a day. And then, you know, after you get used to that, go up to 80 ounces. And then after you get used to that, 100. Like, don't just start balls to the wall. Like, when does that ever work? Um, I think I started with like, when I was first starting, I started with like half a gallon. That was fucking hard for me. And now I can drink like nobody's business, a gallon and a half, two gallons a day if I, if I wanted to. Um, no problem. And so, yeah, make sure you're really, you're really prioritizing that. Absolutely. And I get questions a lot of the time where people like overcomplicate this. They'll be like, well, count the water in your protein shake. Motherfucker, just drink water. Like, like it is honestly not that hard to do. It's not that hard to track. Like if you're someone that is constantly stressing about every minute detail, you are taking away from the whole experience. So just drink water. Like if you want to count your fluids, count them. Just make sure it's not a diuretic. Like, yeah. as long as you're not counting your caffeine, if you're, if you are drinking caffeine, like you need to make sure you subtract from your water to make up for the diuretic effect that caffeine has, but don't overcomplicate this. This is something that is so simple. It's like going on Amazon, getting like a cute little, like, you know, water bottle that has like little time increments on it. That's like, Hey, it's 10 o'clock drink bitch. And then it's like 6 PM. You did it. Good job. Like doing something as simple as that can be really, really effective. Setting timers on your phone, super effective, making sure that you're drinking enough, you know, before your training sessions, because how many of you maybe go to a gym that doesn't have AC or you've been really bad about drinking your water and your pump sucks. You're dehydrated. Like that's why. So like for me, maybe I do overkill, but my morning sup, my morning um, ritual is I drink a liter of water that has my morphogen nutrition, like my nitrogen, and then my orthogen. So it tastes like cranberry apple. It's a quick liter down, and like you know, it's something that I don't have to worry about. And then during my training session, when I'm drinking my intra, it's another liter because my gym doesn't have AC and I'm sweating all the time. So like you need to make sure that your body is systemically hydrated. Definitely. And I mean, also like a part of hydration, like, yes, we're talking about water, but also make sure you're like seasoning your food <laughs> um, because that's going to help you uh, get the, mus the, the water into the muscle cell. Um, so not to overcomplicate it, but I'm letting you know this is a part of it when it comes to hypertrophy. Um, sodium pulls molecules into the cell, um, causing them to expand, right? So this is key for driving muscular contractions. So when it comes to training, what do you need? You need decent muscular contractions. So make sure you're like salting your food, please. Please don't like, this is part of hydration. This is part of keeping um, your performance up. Uh, so water, salt, put, the, put that water into the muscle and go crazy in the gym. Um, make sure you're doing that. I'm not trying to overcomplicate it because I'm just... I have this thing where I overcomplicate everything. Um, but just make sure you're doing that. It's just because I care about you. Um, make sure you're drinking your water and salting your food. That's going to help your performance, I promise. Your food can taste good. Um, even while you're on a bodybuilding diet, you don't have to go in like being a savage like that. Um, so some something that I do when I first wake up, I drink 
I drink 35, 40 ounces of water with my Nutrigen. Um, and that like will hold me over like for, for a good minute. Like as far as staying hydrated, that's a lot of water. Um, I tr personally will try to get most of my water in. It doesn't really matter, but I will try to get my water in before I start training. Um, and the reason why is because I want to be hydrated prior to training and because I train later in the day. So I don't want to be guzzling down water at night because that's going to affect my sleep. So right. I've heard a lot of like, oh, I'm peeing all the time and I'm waking up at night. Well, like just time it a little bit better. Like just try to get your water in in the morning, prioritize it in the morning so that you're not like going to the restroom. I would say give yourself three about three hours um, of you like tape, not stopping your water intake if that's not what you want to do, but tapering it off so you're not like pounding it um, three hours before bed so that you're not waking up at night because I understand where that discomfort might come from. Um, but you definitely need to stay hydrated. And yeah, it, it will get a little bit of a, it will get a little bit annoying for you go, getting up and going to the restroom. Um, but your body needs that to have the op, this optimal performance and to mediate stress the way that we're talking about. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Um, there you have it. Like <laughs> sleep, nutrition, training, yeah. stress management, hydration. Like, yes, we could have gone in depth on the nitty gritty, but at the end of the day, like notice we didn't talk about PEDs because you do not need yeah. PEDs to grow muscle. Like you yeah. don't like it's like, there's, there are other things that we could have maybe taken a bigger dive into that we will in next episodes, but this is kind of mm -hmm. like your foundational stuff. Okay. You need yeah. basics, your foundation laid firm. So therefore then mm -hmm. you stack things like, Oh, well I want to add like, you know, reps. I want to add in uh, rest pause sets to my training, but if your sleep and your stress management sucks, you have no business adding on intensifiers. You get this foundational work in mm -hmm. first you invest in yourself to create these healthy habits where they become monotonous to the point where it's habitual and you don't have to think about it, then you can start adding stuff in as needed to make whatever your end goal is work for you. Because again, it's not a one size fits all. Everyone struggles with different things, but all of these are foundational metrics that need to be in place for you to be successful. Right. And it's not that one thing is more important than the other either. They're all equally important. Um, but there is a base that you need to be to even be successful in the other realm you're thinking about. So, I mean, if you if I put it this way, for example, like if you only focus on nutrition and getting your calories, but you don't focus on training, um, you're going to get fat. If you only focus on your um, if you only get if you only focus on your training, but no nutrition, your training is going to be shit. If you only focus on sleep, great actually you can just focus on sleep and that'll probably make your world go around um but one thing does not is not going to uh supersede the other it, it all matters when it we don't we're not talking about performance enhancing drugs because if you are not doing the work those won't help you um they they won't do anything if you're on drugs but you're not training it's not going to do anything if you're on drugs but you're not eating they're not going to do anything um so you got to be you that's why we're not talking about that because if if all of these things aren't in line then why would we tell you to do those other things or even recommend supplements to you like even supplements right like we talked about supplements last last episode well i mean all those supplements don't do jack shit if you are not training the way you need to so I mean, it's or the if you're not sleeping the way you need to or you're not eating the way you need to. Um, so just keep all of that in mind. Um, and that's that's why these are the definitely like the foundational aspects um, that you need to be focusing on. And I know it's kind of like, oh, that's it. Like, that's what I need to do. Like, exactly. Yes, that's it. But do you do those things? Like, ask yourself that. Do you do those things like consistently? Um, so, yeah, master the basics first and then. Like create, master the basics, create the right conditions for building muscle, and then start thinking about all the, the sexy shit 
all the supplements and all the the performance enhancing drugs that everyone likes to talk about so absolutely absolutely but thank you guys again for tuning into this podcast we are chugging along i think next week is going to be i think episode 10 coming up here pretty soon so we're we're adding some some i know isn't that crazy like oh shit like it's coming up soon i don't think it's next week it might be in two weeks but still episode 10 oh yeah might have to drink some some diet soda to that 